0: Hey guys, it's Amanda. Before we begin this episode, I just wanted to make you guys aware of some exciting things going on at Oh Beloved One. So recently we just released our new magazine issue, God is Creator. So make sure that you visit ohbelovedone.com slash magazine to read it online for free. That's right, for free. Definitely make sure that you check that out. It's about 56 pages of just beautiful articles and art about how God is creator how we were created in His image, and how that impacts us and our lives. You can also purchase in-print copies for $15, and that will be located at that link that I mentioned. Also, we are going to be having a free live weekly Bible study. It's most likely going to be on Saturdays, but if you're interested, please check out obelovedone.com slash Bible study to see all the details, to sign up, and to get your free printable to study along with us. All right now on to the episode. Hello, beloved ones. Welcome to the Oh Beloved One podcast. My name is Amanda Brown and I am the founder, creative director, and head editor of the Oh Beloved One magazine and podcast. We are dedicated to creating visually stunning practical resources that aid young women like you in your spiritual walk. And this podcast is just one of those, those many free and great resources that we have for you guys. Um, Weekly, I just sit here and I share my thoughts with you guys about various things that are related to faith. And so this year, I wanted to get back to the Old Testament. Last year, I read through the New Testament a lot, which was absolutely great, but I like to swap it around a lot um, because growing up, I read a lot of the New Testament because frankly, the Old Testament scared me. So, a couple months back, I don't know if you guys have heard of Alabaster Co. I absolutely love them as a company. They create beautiful books of scripture and pair it with photography. It's just, it's so stunning and very meditational. I would definitely encourage you guys to check it out. They have a really great ambassador program that I'm a part of. So, a couple months back, they sent me Ecclesiastes. And as I was reading through it, I have to be honest with you guys, like, I was getting kind of depressed. Like, I don't know. I never really thought of Ecclesiastes that way before. Like, maybe I just never read it all the way through, but Solomon is really, really negative, if I have to be honest with you guys. And I struggled with it. I did. As I was reading through it, it just really felt like he was bemoaning life and saying, like, basically you should just do whatever you want to do because, like... Life is just so fast, and whatever you have, you're going to lose anyway, so why try? You know, why be a good person? Um, so I wanted to come back to this. I, when we have, you know, questions about the Bible, um, we don't have to be afraid of those. God has given us his word, and he wants us to understand it, and he wants us to wrestle with things. There are things in the Bible that we're not going to understand 100%, and it's totally okay to not quite understand something, I think we should go back into it with a lot of prayer and perhaps even resources and the guidance of a pastor and try to understand it for yourself. Another thing is I tend to be a person that likes to read large chunks of scripture. So um, I forget, I think, you know, I was listening to this thing one time about how there's, you know, like the, the shovel method of reading and then the plow and, you know, Or Actually, sorry, it would be a trowel instead of a shovel. So like trowel is you choose a verse or two and you're just reading it over and over again, meditating on it, writing stuff about it, just really digging deep into the weeds, maybe even doing word studies on like every single word of that verse. And then the plow study is what I do more of, you know, that's like reading three chapters every day, five chapters, writing down the big-picture ideas, and continuing through. Now, Um, this isn't, this episode is not about reading the, like, tactics to read the Bible. But I do want to point out that I think if you haven't ever read the Bible all the way through, you should definitely make that, like, your top priority. A couple years ago, I realized that, like, I had never read the whole entire Bible. And I just felt so, so convicted. Throughout my life, like, I would feel convicted, but I wouldn't end up doing anything about it. So finally, I was like, okay, okay enough is enough. I need to sit down and actually read this because how, how dare I call myself a Christian? You know, and I haven't even read this book that I, I claim to follow. So I was so, so worried to be totally honest with you guys. I was so worried that I was going to die before I had finished reading the Bible. So I just read like through it. I don't want to say super fast because that sounds like I wasn't meditating on things and actually like, Oh my goodness, it was just so rich, and I learned so much, and I have notebooks still. I brought them with me to California. I have notebooks full of just my thoughts and my ponderings as I read through scripture. But I would say, if you have read the Bible through before, um, you know, um, what's the word? Challenge yourself and try to, you know, go through it in a more deeper level. Choose one book of the Bible, a short one. I went with Ecclesiastes because it is shorter. And just really, really meditate on that deeply. Um, And then maybe, you know, every other year you could read the Bible through. That would be a great, great idea. So all that to say, I've been reading through Ecclesiastes. And just really, you know, reading through it prayerfully, asking God if I don't understand something, if it sounds kind of off. And I thought it would be fun to do a kind of mini-series about my ponderings on Ecclesiastes. So if you want to pause this and read the first chapter of Ecclesiastes, that would be great. If you don't have time to, that's totally fine too. You can always, you know, read it after this. Or, I mean, you can even take something away from this if you have never read Ecclesiastes before. Whatever floats your boat. So... Okay, let's start looking at chapter one of Ecclesiastes. And what I did is every day I read through the whole passage up to where I had stopped the day before. And that just ended up really like getting me familiar. And you'll find that God has you, you know, every day you'll, you know, a different verse will pop out. Every day a different, um, you'll understand something differently. Um, and that doesn't mean that you misunderstood it, it just means that, you know, the Bible is a living um, document, and so you can constantly be learning from it. So Solomon starts out um, talking about who he is, he's the son of David, the king of Jerusalem, um, and he just starts out basically by saying, vanity of vanities. Now, we don't really use that word like Solomon is using it, so I looked it up just to refresh myself. And when Solomon says, you know, everything is vanity, um, I looked it up for On Blue Letter Bible, one of my favorite resources, and they said vanity could mean vapor or breath. So it's hard to get a grasp on. It's hard to... uh, It's fleeting. It's, you know basically, that's just idea of being invisible and hard to grasp. So he says, all is vanity. What does man gain by all the toil at which he toils under the sun? A generation goes and a generation comes, but the earth remains forever. I think in light of everything that's going on, this was actually really encouraging to me. Just because right now life feels so so heavy and it just feels like Um, it feels like everything that's going on right now is going to, you know, forever be like, like a a brand across all of us, I guess. And it's just so comforting to realize, you know, like, this generation is going to die off. As will the next one, as will the next one, as will, as will the previous one. Someday, there will be people who have not lived through COVID. Someday, there will be people who have not lived through World War II who haven't lived through the Vietnam War, who weren't alive in the 70s, just all of this stuff. And, you know, maybe for a couple centuries, our stories will be recorded, but as the centuries pass, less and less of what happens today, the things, the events that seem so, so big, it's like, you know, especially in 2020, it seemed like every day there was this new big story that was like, are you kidding me? Like, is that for real? Um, All of that's gonna pass away. Um the sun rises and the sun goes down and hastens to the place where it rises. The wind blows to the south and goes around to the north, around and around goes the wind, and on its circuits the wind returns. This is just interesting to me because it was comforting to remember that even though it like these things that are going on in the news are so scary sometimes and it just seems like the world is ending, the world isn't the wind is still blowing from the north to the south and then going back around again the sun is still rising and setting the earth is still continuing on it is us as mankind that is always fluctuating and changing and going up and down god promised that as long as the earth lasts seed time and harvest will still continue and the sun will rise and set and the moon will come out and it will all be okay just to have those things in nature that are grounding is just absolutely amazing that's why i love the stars if i don't know if you guys notice um i don't post a ton of pictures of myself on instagram but i even noticed lately like i've been wearing so much stuff with, with stars on it right now i'm wearing this really cute like um choker with stars on it and that's because I don't know, it's just because of a lot of stuff. There was a verse in the Bible that I found two years ago that um, just really spoke to me, and it said that God knows the stars by name. And I thought, if God knows his creation that intimately, that he knows this, like, you know, basically hot body of gas, you know, like, and he has named it, you know, like, how dare I believe that he's not going to take care of me when he takes care of this star, and and just looking up at the night sky and realizing that um, you know people might not be seeing the exact same stars that I'm seeing, but they're seeing the same sky. You know, the same sky that that expands the universe. The stars are there, and they're twinkling. And I don't know. There's something about there's something about like the stars in the ocean. When I look at either of those things. I'm just so at peace, and I just feel such a connection with my God, and I feel like everything is okay. Because the God that made the ocean, you know he's a powerful God. And the God that made those beautiful stars, you know he's a beautiful God, and he's a caring God. It's just, it's innate inside of me. So, that's why I love the stars. That's why I love looking at nature when everything else seems to be absolutely crazy because a lot of times you see the patterns in nature you see that God cares for his nature so why won't he care for us i mean matthew 6:25 through 34 i lettered that whole passage this summer because this past summer because i just needed to remember that that, that god loves the sparrows and they don't even you know toil or reap or gather into barns but god still makes sure that they have enough food and he even knows when one falls when one dies So we have to remember that that applies like, you know, a million more times to us because we were created in his image. So the next part says, all streams run to the sea, but the sea is not full. To the place where the streams flow, there they flow again. So this also goes along with the whole idea of, you know, there's patterns in nature. Things are still occurring in a pattern. God is sustaining the universe. But I even thought that I'm a lot like those streams. I am forever being filled (laughs) with blessings from God and blessings from the world around me. I'm always trying to find satisfaction in other things, you know, but I'm never full. I'm never full. I'm like, it's like putting water in a colander, you know, Um, or maybe even like, you know, putting jello in a colander, but it's in, you know, a hundred degree weather. So the jello just keeps melting out the sides you got to find something that's going to last, something that won't go through the holes. And that's our faith. That's God. Um, Ecclesiastes says, All things are full of weariness. A man cannot utter it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. You just hear Solomon like he's just so frustrated. You know, it's, it's those times in life when we know we're Christians, we know God is good, but we still look at things. And it's just like, you know, My heart wants to believe what my head really does not want to believe. Um, I I keep trying to satisfy myself with seeing things or hearing things, with doing things. I'm a big doer. I, I find joy in the process of things, not even the end result itself. I just like doing. So that can be hard for me. What has been is what will be, and what has been done is what will be done and there is nothing new under the sun. Is there a thing of which it is said, see, this is new? It has been already in the ages before us. There is no remembrance of former things, nor will there be any remembrance of later things yet to be among those who come after. This is just so, so beautiful. I, We see all these things happening right now, and You know, people are saying, whoa, this is like a new precedent. We've never seen this before. Things are going crazy. We are entering a new age. And in a way, yes, we are. But we have to remember, you know, like things like this have been happening in history for forever. Nations have risen. Nations have fallen. Different parties have come up. Different thought processes, different ideas, different rulers. There is nothing new under the sun. And God is not surprised. I mean, I can only imagine. My mom tells me all the time that, you know, after living for quote-unquote so long as she has, she sees patterns in things, patterns in people, in events, in places, things like that. So I can only imagine how God sees these same patterns, but times a billion because he's been around since the beginning of the world and he's known every person that has ever walked the earth. So I can only imagine how He sees things and is really like, "Mm, yeah, there's really nothing new under the sun. We think that all these things are new and scary, and maybe that's why we think they're scary, because they are new. They're uncertain. We don't know what to expect, but God knows what to expect. And even if things seem like they're new to us, it's really, really encouraging to remember that nothing is new to God. Nothing surprises God. He's got it all under control. And now more than ever, we need to be preaching this to ourselves, And to others, because it is just crazy days right now. Um, Even the verse about there is no remembrance of former things, nor will there be any remembrance of later things yet to be among those who come after. I find, you know, I I used to really not like history, to be honest, and now I just, I absolutely love it. And honestly, um, you know, historical fiction kind of had a lot to do with that, but we don't talk about that. I just think it's so fascinating that the facts are there. The logic is there. We read the Bible. We see these thought processes. For years, people have been struggling with the same sins and the same things have been happening. I mean, come on. The, the story of the Israelites being in bondage for, you know, what is it? Like periods of 40 years and then they, they cry out to God and they repent and God restores them. And then they just fall back into it. I mean, that's me on a daily basis. Forget 40 years, 40 minutes, you know? Things have patterns, and God is not surprised by anything. History has patterns, and yet people don't want to look back. They want to believe that what they're doing is new. They want to believe that this new idea is actually going to work, but it isn't because it's not built on God. It's not built on a firm foundation. It isn't even built on logic and facts from looking in the past, my goodness. And again, just the thought that the things that are so big to us today, I mean, let's not even think about 30 years down the road. Let's think about eternity. It's going to seem so small in eternity, the things that seem so big right now. Next, I thought it was really interesting, and if you'll pardon me, hopefully this doesn't thunk around too much, I'm going to grab my notes because I wrote some stuff about um, the things that Solomon says that he has tried. So, Solomon says, I, the preacher, had been king over Israel in Jerusalem, and I applied my heart to seek and to search out by wisdom all that is done under heaven. So, um, I noticed that. Solomon starts out by saying he has power, right? Um, He has status, he has power, he's king over Jerusalem. Then he says that he applied his heart to seek and to search out wisdom. Um, That's a pursuit. Oftentimes we try to make goals, we try to have, you know, pursuits worth pursuing. (laughs) And maybe that's something that becomes an idol. I also noted that, you know, he was trying to search out by wisdom all that is done under heaven. So he was seeking knowledge he was seeking almost to be enlightened in a way. He was trying to seek, you know, the answer to the universe. He says, It is an unhappy business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. Um, I have seen everything that is done under the sun, and behold, all is vanity and a striving after the wind. So I also noted that sometimes, like experiences, he said he has seen everything that is done under the sun. So we might seek status, power, pursuits, knowledge, or experiences to to, fill, to either answer why we aren't satisfied by everything or in an attempt to become that thing that satisfies us. And either way, of course, is, is not going to be a good idea. What I thought was interesting, too, in this passage um, is I see this, these two points, that nothing lasts and nothing fills. We try to do so many different things, and we don't realize that it's not going to last in the grand scheme of things. It's, it's just, it's crazy. I mean, one of the cra- the things that Solomon brings up so much is that everything that he has, someone else is going to get it. He can't bring it to heaven, and a lot of the stuff that we have or have done in light of eternity, it's going to be useless. It's going to be that, you know, wheat that is burned in the fire of God's judgment. Also, things don't fill. They neither fill nor last. We try to find joy in so many different things. Um, It says, what is crooked cannot be made straight, and what is lacking cannot be counted. Wow, that second part just like always gives me chills. What is lacking cannot be counted here on earth. We look at Earth right now and the world has, you know, this prescribed list of things that if you get it, like you are living the American dream, you are an amazing human, you should be totally 100% happy. And yet, what is lacking cannot be counted. And what is crooked cannot be made straight. We cannot, that doesn't mean we don't try, but we cannot fix the world. We cannot ever get to a point where we have enough stuff or have fixed enough problems that we are enlightened or we have made it. You know what I mean? Um, Next he says, I said in my heart, I have acquired great wisdom surpassing all who were over Jerusalem before me. And my heart has had great experience of wisdom and knowledge. And I applied my heart to know wisdom and to know madness and folly I perceive that this also is but a striving after wind. So Solomon went both directions. He decided to try to know wisdom. And when that didn't work out, he even tried to know madness and folly. Because we do get to that point sometimes. We do get to the point, because we're human, where we think, why am I doing what I'm doing? And I'm going to get more into this when I talk about chapter 2, because he really goes in depth in this. But sometimes it does seem like, why am I working so hard to be a good person when I feel like I'm getting less results and not moving as quickly or in the right direction as someone else who is not doing stuff like they should be doing or who isn't a Christian and trying to glorify God in everything he does. Um, it, so chapter one ends in, in much wisdom is much vexation. And he who increases knowledge increases sorrow. I feel like this is a really, really huge life um, lesson. I don't ever want to be to the point where I, I um, say that my wisdom is greater than God's. I don't ever want to, you know, be speaking to someone and giving them my advice and thus elevating it over what God has to say. And this was... This was really huge for me when I counseled at a summer camp. I had to pray so hard, and I did not do this perfectly, but I kept just begging God to help me to not give kids, like, my advice, but to help point them to scripture because, A, I'm not always going to be there to, you know, be reading them, or, yeah, to be, like, giving them advice or even to be reading scripture to them. Um, They need to figure out how to search the scripture for themselves Um, And I know I said A, but I forgot my second point, but that's fine. So anyway, um, yeah, I just, I think that that's extremely important to give them the tools that they need to be able to have a relationship with God themselves. Um, And I just, I don't want to value my intellect too much. That gets into this part about he who increases knowledge increases sorrow. I've heard so many stories about these men that go to college to study the Bible and somehow Satan gets a hold of them and it's just one of the saddest things in the world because yes, these men are so, they have the intellect and the knowledge and they have the wisdom too because they've studied the Bible and yet Satan takes them, warps them and they are just like almost invincible it feels like because anything you say to them, they can combat with Scripture. And the more that I'm growing up, the more I'm realizing that um, there's not just facts. You have to have a worldview, because yes, I can read a lot of verses in Scripture and come to a wrong conclusion. I just can't. If I am not looking at it with an intent, intent to understand it as God originally wrote it, and I don't have that background of faith, and even the whole context of the entire Bible, I'm going to come away totally confused and with a different, you know, message than what it was supposed to be. So these people, and even I know, I I grew up in the South, and so a lot of us just grow up knowing Scripture. And that can almost be to our detriment because, again, with, um... Much wisdom is much vexation, and he who increases knowledge increases sorrow. I'm not saying don't read books, don't learn. That is not what I'm saying because I believe knowledge and wisdom are so, so important. But we cannot ever get to the point where we know so much about the Bible that we don't go back to the Bible to, you know, fact check things, um, that we are spouting scripture and not encouraging people to look at things themselves we can't get to the point where we think that we've we totally understand the bible which i even, you know, i have to remind myself, hey, like you have not made it just because you were a christian camp counselor. Amanda, you do not know everything by any means. I mean, count how many times i felt today. You'll you'll quickly understand i do not know everything and i do not have perfect biblical wisdom and we have to stay humble. I made a podcast last night about um, this verse in Malachi that said we must walk humbly with our God. And that really just, that really fits in here. Um, Wisdom and knowledge have a way. they're, They're really good things, as is most things that God has made. But because of the curse, we ruin it. We just, we ruin good things. And so wisdom and knowledge can actually be to our detriment sometimes. And we can use those as weapons against God. Um, so that's, that's pretty much the first chapter of Ecclesiastes. Um, I wanted to end on a more positive note, but, um, we're going to keep going through Ecclesiastes. Um, right now I'm, you know, working through chapter two, so it's not, we're not going to be going through this super quickly, but I think it's, it's really, really great to be thinking about right now. It's just so, so practical for life, and I just feel like Solomon gives us a, a bird's eye view of life. It's like when I flew on an airplane for the first time. You know, growing up, like, you know, they tell you that the world is big and whatever, but like I'd never really been past, you know, Georgia and Florida and like the South. So the first time that I got in an airplane to go to Colorado, I was like, wow, like they are right. There, there are, you know, more than six states in America. Just so you guys know, I have validated that. And getting up in that airplane just gave me chills the first time because it was really great. It, it reminded me of how small I am, not in a self-deprecating way, but in a really, really encouraging way. Like I was, I mean, I just, I like to be a deep thinker. So I was thinking, I am flying over so many lives right now. So many people with unique problems and stories and goals and dreams. And God is, you know, taking care of all of us in his own way according to, you know, how we choose to have a relationship with him. So I just feel like Ecclesiastes is that. It's it's stepping into an airplane, acknowledging that life is uncomfortable and unfair and, you know, validating and saying those thoughts. But we get in the airplane. We take a look at, you know, all the territory, all the land, all the facts. And, um I remember growing up, people would summarize Ecclesiastes with one of the last verses in the passage, and we'll get there, because Solomon has to hash it all out, and I don't think there's any problem with sometimes, you know, sitting in your darkness and saying, hey, you know what, I don't quite understand everything right now, or I feel kind of depressed, I'm not feeling super great at the moment. The thing that counts is that we pray it out, and like Solomon, we come to a... Biblical solution. So I hope you guys keep listening to this podcast to find out what happens. <laughs> I'll just be kind of, you know, commentating through Ecclesiastes like I just did. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the O Beloved One podcast. Uh, it's really encouraging to me. I just hope that you guys um, follow us on Instagram at Beloved.Magazine. I like to post little encouraging devotional style captions um every day if I can just to you know put a bright spot in your feed because I know sometimes our Instagram feeds can be kind of annoying almost I don't know you just need some encouraging stuff in there um we also have a blog where I'll be posting all these podcasts that's at obelovedone.com that's o h Belovedone.com. There you can also purchase devotionals. You can download free resources. Um, you can also purchase our magazine or read it online for free. Uh, you do not want to miss the magazine. People said that our most recent issue, the creator issue, is the best one that we've ever put together. And I honestly have to agree, guys. It is, it is so cool. You can, you can really see our passion for um, being creators and created in the image of God in that. Mm-hmm. Make sure that you um, subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss any episodes um, and follow us um, or subscribe on all your favorite podcast platforms and leave a rating. That really helps, um, you know, share the word. Which, why don't you share the word? That would be absolutely epic. Share, you know, how this episode really encouraged you and. Until next time, guys, don't forget that you are beloved by the king of the universe. I hope you have an absolutely awesome rest of your day. Keep praying, keep, keep keeping your eyes towards heaven.